Welcome to Word of Truth Podcast. Our mission is to shine the light of biblical truth on the questions of life. Hosted by Stephen Brown and Stone Anderson. Enjoy the show. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Yeah, yeah. Sanctify them through thy truth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Word of Truth podcast. Today is episode five of the Weekly Word. We are going, we are going to be covering Genesis chapter two, verses one, two, and three. So, before I start, Stephen, do you have anything to say? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we're going to we're we're continuing on with what we've done. Uh, we basically covered the first chapter in brief, and that's kind of what the whole thing is going to be briefly through, because you. You know, people spend a lifetime in some cases on a single verse. But, yeah, we're leading into chapter 2 now, first three verses of chapter 2. I really personally think belong at the end of chapter 1, you know, when they um, were parsing out the Bible. The chapter breaks are just sort of artificial. They're not necessarily inspired. It doesn't mean that they're, they're not, there's not, it's not a question of right or wrong. It's just keeping that in mind as you read through the Bible that the chapter breaks are there to be a help, but not they're not there to dictate context. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I think of the chapter breaks and the verses as kind of like a GPS for the Bible. You know, it's just a, a number system so that you can tell someone where a verse is or where you know how to find something. But anyway, I really think this is more of the conclusion of the whole creative week. You know, chapter one ends with day six, but day seven is a part of that whole creation week. And so we're going to finish out with it. Yeah, if you don't care, Stone, go ahead and read the verses. Genesis 2, verse 1, 2, and 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he hath made, had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. We haven't talked about it at all. We talked about this for one minute, so every question is an on-the-spot question. What do you think about those three verses? Well, I mean, to me, verse 1 clearly states that he finished. He's completely done creating everything. Mm Mm-hmm. It says on verse 2 that on the seventh day he ended his work and he rested Mm -hmm. from everything he made. Yeah, and rested really means just stopped, ceased. It doesn't mean God took a nap, you know, but it just means that he quit with the the creative process there. And verse 3 says he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he rested from all his work. Yeah, to me, this is really an interesting thing. You know, I mean... uh, it's it's what became known as the Sabbath day, the seventh day. Sabbath means seventh. And this this particular thing has deep roots in Christianity. There's even denominations over this whole issue of the Sabbath rest and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> to me, man, what is interesting to me about this 
is that in them in those three verses you don't you don't read a command there it's just part of the narrative in other words there's god doesn't say right there anything that man ought to be doing or ought not to be doing it's just a record of events mm-hmm. so here's why it gets really interesting this to me this 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 verse is actually here in a lot of ways to be sort of a key to help us understand this whole creative week, really. Um, why do I say that? Because there's no commands or anything here, yet it's recorded this specific day. God blessed it. God ceased from his labors, and he made it a seventh day. So this wasn't back to day one, and he was done. No, this is a day seven, and that's going to be the end of the week, and that's where we get our seven-day week from still. There's no, there's no celestial order of planets or anything you know like we get our annual we get our year from a solar cycle or uh, you know the revolution of the earth around the sun or however you'd like to look at it and you can even kind of see where we could get a sort of a monthly time frame from the moon or whatever but the week there's no it comes right there out of the bible the reason it's interesting to me is this we get to exodus chapter 20 and that's the fourth command that man is supposed to remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, for in six days the Lord God made heaven and earth to see, and all that's in them rested on the seventh day. So, and now we got to remember, now these commands were penciled, or not penciled, carved in by the finger of God into two tables of stone and given to Moses. And what it teaches us, to me, is this, that we've actually covered it a little bit before, but God put into the week of creation principles of nature fundamental aspects of humanity you know when you're reading through it you're like okay on day one he made you know this the 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 space and the earth the earth the uh the material that's in this space and then he began to form the earth and shape it and on you know this goes on day three makes plants and day four he makes the sun moon and stars and day five he makes water creatures and air creatures day six he makes land creatures and then day seven, he, he has this day of rest, and we find out later that God did this creative week in such a way as to be a template for man. That's what I'm trying to get at. You know, even in the New Testament, when Paul is talking about um, biblical headship, which we talked about, that the man is the head of the house and all this kind of stuff, it says, for Adam was created first, not Eve. And so the apostles, through the inspired spirit of God and the prophets in the Old Testament, they looked back, man, at this creative week way more seriously than we do. They looked at it, and from it, they got an example of how man ought to be. A doctrine. You see what I'm saying? The, when you read it at, at first, you don't really see any commands there. But later on, as the Bible unfolds for you, you realize God is saying, as I have done, so you do. That's kind of what's there for us. And so it's interesting. We've talked about it before. Man, male and female was the last thing created. And so they were, in a sense, the pinnacle of creation. But then the marriage came. That's where we get the full image of God. And then this day of rest came. And it just does. It, what it does to me... I'll say this and then I'll move on past this point. Is it points out to me, now because I have read on through the Bible and I see that later on the Bible sort of points you back and says, hey, God rested on this day and blessed it. And now it's a command. We're, we're in a way to, 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 to behave in such a way as God behaved. He gave us an example. It tells me that I need to be super careful 
with what I do in that first chapter of the Bible because there's a lot of doctrinal importance there. God's teaching us lessons there. He's setting examples there. And so when we read through it, you know, we're not going to go back to the whole gap theory stuff. But it does tell me that I need to be super careful with how I treat that, that whole text. Now, on a side issue, here's what's interesting to me also. Have you ever thought about the fact, well, the Ten Commandments is the moral law, right? Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, they need to hear you say yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they may, I, I they forget, may not be watching. Yeah, I forget we have audio now. Yeah, so. and so they need to hear you say whether you whether you agree or not. You know. Okay, so the Ten Commandments is the moral law. Would you have ever thought that keeping the Sabbath or remembering the Sabbath, whatever that means, is actually an issue of morality? I don't think that's ever came to my mind. Well, it is. The Sabbath day, the Sabbath command, is a moral command just like all of the other nine commands they are dealing with the morality of man and they're also dealing with how man is to worship right like the first command is thou shalt have no other gods before me and the sort of the heart of that is that thou shalt worship me above all else and then the second command is you know not have no graven images or whatever the third is not take the lord's name in vain fourth is the the sabbath but the point is it's a moral command, and people have lost that. Now, we're, we'll get into in a little bit, is it, you know, how technical are we supposed to get? Because the ceremonial aspects of it are done. But it is a moral commandment. And, you know, in our country, uh, 60 years ago, virtually everywhere closed on Sundays. They had that sort of... Uh, it was a part of the fabric of our nation, man. At one time, anything you needed to buy, you better get it on Saturday because no place was open on Sunday. Yeah, I've even heard my dad. I mean, he's only 20 years older than me. He talked about when he was a kid, He got, they said you couldn't hardly find a store open. Yeah. So it's not been that long ago. Yeah, and really what caused it, man, was the big box stores. Walmart. You know, Home Depot, those kind of guys that came into town and they didn't care about, you know, they don't, they didn't care nothing about no Sabbath day. And so they was going to be open seven days a week and, and they sort of stoked that, that fire where, you know, now it's just another day, man. But the point I want to make to anyone watching this is we can get into the whole debate of the legalism because there's a lot of legalistic people over this Sabbath question and I'm not one of them. But it is a moral issue. So, and it's, I mean, it's, it's such a, in fact, if you, let me tell you another thing. If you read the giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, it actually has almost three times more to say about that one commandment than all of the other ones. Like, thou shalt not kill. You got like five words. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, you got like six words. When you read the Sabbath one, it's three verses. You count the words, it's like 60 words or something. I mean, by word count, it's a, it says a tremendous amount more. And it's so interesting, too, because it's the one command that everybody forgets. It says, remember, and we don't remember. Everybody forgets that one command. Nobody cares about that. They don't even think about it. And if it's a moral command, as I'm claiming that it is, then it's something that when we don't keep it, let's look at it that way. We're sinning. We're in sin every week that we fail to remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Now, we'll unpack it a little bit. What does it mean to remember the Sabbath to keep it holy? 
just on the spot again, what do you what do you think that that means, or how would you go about understanding that? Just think of the words. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. For in six days the Lord God made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, six days shall man labor and do all his works and rest on the seventh day. That's kind of the whole commandment there. What do you think about it? Well, I mean, just I mean, like like we have. I haven't really thought about that. Yeah, very I mean, much. it's on the spot. I know. But I kind of feel like it's kind of plainly stated you're at least not supposed to work. There's probably more to it than that, but at the very least, just don't go out and try to make money. Just rest, go to church. Probably, honestly, I don't know if this is even biblical, but <laughs> maybe the Sabbath is more of remember the like the rest of the week you work and you know you got to go to from work. You got uh, responsibilities, and you come home. You got to get ready for the next day. On Sunday, though, I mean, spend time with your family, go to church, read the Bible, read the Bible with your family, meditate upon the Lord's word. That's kind of what I would expect. Yes, I'm, I'm. You know, everything that you said, I agree with. And so it's good sometimes to be put on the spot with things. And it's also good to hear, you know, you don't have a whole bunch of ulterior motives or anything. You just, what you, when you're sitting here thinking about it, it's the first time you've ever really been asked this question. That's your answer. And I think that's the exact right answer. Now, a lot of people will get super legalistic about it and they'll start, you know, telling you all kinds of stuff. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, you got to shut the power off. You got to, that's not, that's not what it's about. It's exactly what you said. In my opinion, it is about a day to worship God. A command. A command. Every seven days you must stop and spend time meditating on the things of God, meditating on His Word. If you have children, teaching them, you and your wife, whatever. Have a day dedicated to the memory and the pattern and the record that God has given us. I think it is interesting too, Stone. That it points us back. It says, remember the Sabbath day. Now, we to keep it holy, we could probably say it this way. Remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. I think that's probably more of a modern English wording. Remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. See, God made, the word sanctified means set apart. So when it says God sanctified that day, that means God made that a holy day. A day set apart. A day separated from the other days. And it says, and he blessed that day. And so the whole the keeping of that commandment also, I think, tells us that on a regular basis, we are to remember also that we are created by God on day six. We're supposed to sort of go back on that day and tell our kids, hey, God made this world we're living in, and he made it in six days, and he rested on the seventh day, and that's why we're resting on this day. And resting there is ceasing from the labors, and there's a tremendous amount of spiritual pictures here that we're not going to be able to get into. However, the Sabbath day, why did man, why do you think man forsook the Sabbath day? You mean in general today? I mean in general, Christians and non-Christians alike. Now, there are some Christian people who do go to church on Sundays and all that kind of stuff, but even that is sort of a real watered-down version of it, right? I, uh not trying to get preachy here, just thinking through things. But yes, why do you think mankind, Christians and non-Christians alike, have abandoned that tradition? Well, like you said, I can see how the big companies like Walmart and all that kind of stuff, they come in here 
Amazon probably and all, all those big, big companies, they come in here and they don't care about it and they got jobs, but you have to work Sunday. And so I, it kind of starts there, but also they've not just forgot about the Sabbath. I mean, in America today, they forgot about God. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a fair analysis. You, you can't really just, it's, it's sort of been across the board, right? Okay, but Christians, I mean, even Christians don't really have much, well, I, they look at Sunday. Many, many Christians. As you go to church, get it, go to church, get that over with, and do the rest of whatever you want the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, and even, and there's even a huge number that don't even go to church and would say that they're Christians, you know, but Sunday to them is just another day to have a barbecue. It's the next day for the weekend. It's, it's a, you know, it's just a day to do whatever it's, you want to do. I would say a, a big part of the problem is they weren't taught. That could be. That could be part of the issue. I mean, and I don't know how many generations back that goes, but at some point, when everything started kind of just declining, mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm generally just talking about America, but mm-hmm. I guess this could go all over the world. At some point, whenever things, whenever the spiritualness of this country started declining, I, that's probably when it kind of just, one guy quit taking his kids to church and they quit taking their kids and just kind of, yeah. That's probably not the only, that's not the only reason. I do think there's a connection. I'm not, yeah, I have nothing, no, no argument with what you're saying. I definitely think there's a connection. There's a connection between people probably weren't taught that going to church. And I have friends who will say that they're Christians and they ain't even been in church in two, three years. And they think, oh, it's just, it's optional. It's optional. As like keeping the Sabbath, that's optional. You know, keeping the moral commands of God, that's optional. It's, you know, it's just do whatever you want to do as long as you say you believe, hey, you know. And that's so not the case, man. And, you know, I, I know that there's probably a case that needs to be made to show the connection between the Sabbath day and the day of worship and church going and all that. And I'm sure in some people's mind out there, they're like, oh, well, you know, going to church ain't even part of the Sabbath. And I believe that we can go through the Bible, which would take us, you know, forever at the rate we're going, and eventually show, oh, yes, it's 100% connected. That's how the Old Testament uh, people of faith and the New Testament people of faith. That was part of their keeping of it was going to synagogue and worshiping or or doing their sacrifice or whatever. Well, here's here's one of the here's why I think. Now I think you're right. It's they they abandon it because of a lack of understanding, a lack of being taught. But I think it's a heart issue, just like breaking every other command is a heart issue. The heart issue is this greed. To shut her down on a day, you know, to, for companies and people alike. No losing s- money. Losing money. Yeah. Losing productivity. And here's part of why I really believe I'm standing on biblical ground saying that's the case, is because that's the one thing that God was basically warning them against. And he said, if you will keep this Sabbath day sacred and holy, I will give you enough in that six-day week. You can take that day of rest. But there's no faith. So it's a lack of faith in God. And and so it's a double heart issue. They have no faith. And let's say that, too, by the way. The Sabbath day, to keep it in a biblical way, it calls upon the man to have some faith in God. It calls upon the man to say, I believe if I will try and do right and keep these moral commands as best I can, God will 100% hold up his end of the deal. And as tempting as it may be to get that double overtime holiday paid for working on Sundays, you know, I refuse to do it. 
because it's a moral issue and it's literally a sin for me to totally abandon the Sabbath. Now, there's so many things that come to my mind, Stone, that I don't even want to get into. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So we're not supposed to be subservient or servants of the Sabbath. Jesus is actually saying the Sabbath is a servant to you. It, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a blessing to you. It's supposed to be uh, a day of rest and a day of recuperation and a day of healing physically and spiritually to you. It's a blessing promised to you. However... If you don't keep it, it is still sin. You see what I'm saying? So it's not. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Because I'm sure I'm not the only one wondering. But let's say you got a single mom with two kids and she's trying to support the family and she's not making enough. Is it wrong for her to work Sunday? Here's the thing about that. Depending on how I word this, people <laughs> will totally want to just throw tomatoes at me. Or they'll understand what I'm saying. So give me, give me, give me, maybe I can explain it in three minutes. If she is a believer, or whether she is or not, yes, it's wrong. But here's why it's wrong. Because I think in her mind and in the minds of everyone else, well, she's justified, man. She's just done everything she can to take care of her kids. Mm hmm. And so in that sense, in all of the wisdom of man, we say, no, that's not wrong. And I would never actually look at that woman and be like, hey, that's a sin. Because she really is doing the best that she knows how according to her own conscience. But if she were to read this for herself and come to realize, oh, no, God is saying it's a moral thing for me to do this. Well, in that case, I believe this. If she would actually say, the Bible teaches me that by faith I'm in the hands of God. He's the provider of the food on that table. He provides the shelter. Well, he said he would. If the sparrow falls and he knows it, you know, he says how much more worthy or worth, no, not worthy, valuable, basically, of great worth are you than the sparrows. And he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things, food. He lists them out, food, water, shelter, all these things will be added to you. And so in that sense only, is she wrong? Now, at the same time, I mean, if she's doing it in total ignorance, she has no clue, then, no, I guess she's probably, I wouldn't go to her and say, hey, you're living in sin because of this. But the moment somebody tells her and says, hey, did you know that the Bible, God actually commanded us not to do what you're doing, in a sense, to give him the opportunity to provide, you know? All I'm saying is, if she will take that day of rest because for her she's gonna have to do it by faith where you can do it by convenience you don't have to work that seventh day and so thank god for your sake that not only does it command that we rest from our labors on the seventh day believe it or not stone turned the page and it actually says if you are an employer which back then was a slave owner but it says none of you can't you can't make your servants to work on that day it even said stone that the beasts of your field must have a day of rest even the animals so you couldn't say oh yeah that's fine lord i'll take seventh day off i'll just hook my ox up on you know friday night or saturday night and i'll get him treading out the corn and i won't he'll work all night long i won't unhook him again till monday no your animals your children your servants maid servants men servants every single bit of it and you yourself absolutely must take a rest it's a command so in a lot of ways it's good for you because your boss can't sit there and make you work he would literally be breaking a moral law but for that lady who was having to 
literally make a sacrifice and fear, well, I won't make ends meet if I don't do this. It's specifically for a person like that that God has said, hey, I bless this day. This is a blessed day. And if you will spend this day working for me, serving me, you don't have to worry He'll about take care of the rest. He will take care of it. It went so far as stone that in the Old Testament, now we don't have to do this stuff. The Bible tells us that all the ceremonial laws have been done away with and uh, you know, the moral laws still stand. They'll always stand. They'll stand even when we get to heaven. Even in heaven, it's wrong to kill. Or, you know, it's wrong to have any other God before God. So the moral law is an eternal law. It'll stand forever. In fact, it's all it is is sort of an emanation of the character of God. But I forgot where I was going with it. It doesn't even matter. I just can't believe I forgot it. If she would keep it, it would be a blessing to her. And that, that goes for all of us. Oh, that's what I was going to say. In the Old Testament, they had to have, they had Sabbath years for their land and all this stuff. The land was supposed to be able to rest every seventh year for the whole year. You don't plant a garden every seventh year. Can you believe that? Now you really got to have faith. And he's, God promised, he said, I will give you enough in that sixth year that you won't have to to sow your fields the seventh year. Let the land rest. Now, I think you can really start to see the heart of the issue there. Man, how much, I mean, that's a whole year I got to make it, you know. I, I got to take matters into my own hands here. I don't know if God's going to come through with his end of the deal. And suddenly they started, they really did. They started finding all kinds of ways to break that. And I don't know that that part still holds up, you know, but it was, uh, it was, a, it was sort of a command to have faith. You know, we can look at it that way. Well, there's so many things that can be said about it. What I want to end with, because we've already almost been talking for 30 minutes, and I know this particular subject, if a person's not interested in it, can get boring extremely fast. I believe that the case can be made all throughout the Bible that the only real way to keep that command of the Sabbath is not only to cease from your labors, your, you know, seeking income and all this kind of stuff, but also to go to church. And I know, I mean, I'm a pastor at a church. And I have so many friends who will say that they're Christian, say that they're believers, and do not go to church and don't even care nothing about church, and they're almost anti-church. And now I, I understand it because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of bad stuff. We, we talk about the mega church stuff all the time. There's a lot of bad things that go on out there in a lot of churches, and you don't want to end up in the wrong church. However, if you started reading the Bible with this in mind, Stone, you will realize the majority of the commands in the New Testament, you can't even keep them unless you go to church. How are you supposed to love your brother in Christ when you don't have when you, when don't, you have don't even any. yeah when you're staying at home hiding watching football every Sunday now I love football but God gave us TiVo recorded you're watching on Monday or something you know I mean how are you supposed to this do in remembrance of me keep a communion supper if you don't go to church you can't how are you supposed to take part in the ordinances of the church you can't you know I mean, all of the things that he done. How is, the, how is the church supposed to take care of the widows and orphans in the community if none of the men go? You see what I'm saying? Like part of the, the church itself, if you ever really studied it, 
is sort of God's way of, of taking care of his people while they're here on earth. He does it through the church, through through the gifts that are given to the church and the things that are given to edify the church and all of his promises of blessings to the church, to the people of the church. And I'm just talking about local church. I'm not talking about some big denominational thing or whatever. Just every individual local church, they all are inheritors of those same promises. And if you're saying that you're Christian, I'll just say it this way. If you're saying that you are Christian and you are not going to church, then you're in sin. Find a good one. Don't use, oh, well, there's no good churches around here. Well, then move. Because if you're a Christian, church ought to be one of your number one priorities. You might think, well, I don't need it. You do. But honestly, they need you too, you know. And it's not, you know, oh, there's so many things I could say about it. But every Christian ought to be a part of a local church, a contributing part. Go. help. Find any way that you can help and be a part. And also you'll be getting a free education. You'll be learning about the Word of God. You'll find that some of the sins that you currently struggle with, you'll quit because you have a new accountability. You have friends in church now that are sort of involved in your life and you're holding one another accountable and all that kind of stuff. And I believe, like I said, the reason I even bring all that up is I believe 100% that you can make a case from the whole rest of the Bible that part of that keeping the Sabbath day is attending a house of worship with a, a, a group of children of God, however you'd like to say it. You got anything you want to say? Put you on the spot again? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't... This one, man, we could talk about the Seventh Day Adventist. We could talk about all of the false teaching, false well, doctrines. We could just make that a whole episode, though. Yeah, it really could be, man. False doctrines. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not trying to put, you know, any of that stuff out there. We're not Seventh-day Adventists in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But we do believe in the Ten Commandments and keeping them the best that we know how. And from what I have studied, that's the best I know how to do it is on Sundays. Don't go to work cease from the labor the the money making labor i'm not saying it's wrong to like you know if you got a weed eat on sunday weed eat you know if you have to but spend as much time as you can actually serving the god that made you 